0: back to another episode of the strategy inside everything we have a special treat we have brought in uh, a new voice from outside the world of strategy amen uh today joining us from the wonderful world of uh internet culture is taylor lorenz she is a staff writer at the atlantic who covers internet culture taylor thank you so much for uh, making time for us
1: yeah thanks for having me
0: it's we had to work a little bit. You had some train trouble the other day, but yeah. we finally got it worked out.
1: I'm always having train drama. I live in New York, so
0: yeah. That that could be its own. Uh, there could be memes that focus on train drama. I'm surprised we don't see more. There are,
1: that. yeah. There's a whole Facebook group called something um, something for transit oriented teens.
0: <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna go down a rabbit hole on that. Yeah. Well, thanks again for making time Um, for the for the few people listening that are probably may not be familiar with your writing. You want to give them a background on on who you are and what you've done?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So I currently um, work at The Atlantic and I write about Internet culture, social media, a lot of meme stuff, Um, basically tech from the user perspective. Um, So any any like all the different ways people use technology to communicate and connect. Um, and, um, that's about yeah, that's what I do now. Uh, it's great.
0: (laughs) Excellent. And I found this article that you wrote, uh, which had me reaching out to you as I was researching for another, uh, project that you wrote for the Atlantic, um, about the speed of memes and how kind of the speed of the internet is accelerating at a breakneck pace. Do you want to, if I know that article was a few months old, but you want to recap it and then, then we can start beating it up.
1: Sure. Well, it's like I would argue even more true now. <laughs> um but basically um what I wrote about was um how how memes are kind of coming and going faster than ever. So the lifespan of like a joke on the internet or a meme um, has shortened um, significantly over the past 10 years. So back in 2010, you know, there would be something that would be a meme on Tumblr for months. Now most things um, sort of can come and go in a matter of days even. Um, And that that was one part of my story, but then the broader part of my story was sort of how that affects people. So how that affects um, creators, but more importantly, like how it affects um, people that monetize these memes. So um, I just read about the Instagram egg to the most, you know, the world record egg on Instagram and it's struggled to monetize. And um, yeah, basically that there's a really short window where you can monetize a meme. um, Otherwise it gets old.
0: Yeah, I was just totally captivated. So there's so many different ways to take this story because in your article, it goes into these, the people that monetize the memes. And then I started realizing, oh, the people, so the creators that might come up with an idea or, or publish something, not necessarily the same people that monetize it. There's just a group of people that are hawks for new themes and new jokes and new memes, new stories that they'll put on all kinds of merch and get yeah. it up with the speed of light. But that, that ecosystem is breaking down just because you can't produce the stuff fast enough that yeah. by the time it's delivered to me two days later, that meme is like, I've already forgotten that thing.
1: Totally. Um, I mean, it's kind of like, well, the sad truth of the internet is that almost never do the people who kind of create the memes or are responsible for stuff get paid. Um, I've seen that with like Fortnite, you know, famously kind of capitalized on a lot of memeable dances. Now they're under a lawsuit because um, the creators of the dance these dances are like, Hey, Um, like I actually invented flossing, and, you know, I deserve to get paid for this big cultural phenomenon. Um, and yeah, with people trying to monetize memes, a lot of it's through e-commerce. So like, you'll see something funny and then they'll want to put it on a t-shirt or like make a plushie or sell something related to it. And, um, just with, you know, standard production and shipping schedules, it's, it's hard to sell any kind of actual like meme merchandise anymore. Um, like Urban Outfitters was kind of famous for selling a lot of this stuff like five years ago. they
0: used to be on the spot with it and make it really relevant and seemingly surprisingly timely to me that it'd be like, oh wow, that happened pretty quickly that they got that in the store.
1: Yeah. And they were, that was like their whole merchandising strategy, but they've shifted to a lot more kind of like novelty, broad sort of stuff. um, More recently, they still do do a lot of like trend buying, um, but, but it's, it's hard to do the kind of reactive stuff that they did, you know, previously where they had like, I should Steve shirt or whatever.
0: And don't you think as, as I've observed that from your article, I started following some of these uh, merchandisers and stores and trying to figure out where they're going. And it kind of devolves into, um, almost like mom Facebook memes, where it's yeah. the most common denominator of just like wine is great, isn't it? And it's like, yeah, okay, we get some e-cards. We've already seen these jokes.
1: That's we, exactly what it is. It's like old some e-cards jokes that will just never die. Or it's like the kind of stuff that you see, you know, like people hawking at like Hot Topic or something. They're kind of just these stupid jokes. They're not really like memes.
0: It's, it's super duper generic, right? They, they yeah. have to do what big brands do. To to hit a larger audience, right? They have, yeah. to, they have to get unspecific and get more broad to make any sense to anybody. Yeah, so Which is you know, <laughs> yeah, it, is, it is sad. Yeah, it is sad because some of those things really. The reason I love memes is because they tickle a very specific part of my sense of humor or get me thinking in a very unique way. That you, now it's just like, oh, here's the thing that I've already thought two thousand times. That's that's probably already existed on a on a uh, Poster in a men's room at a pub for 200 years.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which,
0: is, which is actually the lowest form of comedy. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's true. So, the question then um, I have so many questions, and I am so delighted that I, I have someone that can answer some of these questions. People that are creating these things right? You, you said, and I know this is true, and I think our listeners know this is true. The people who create things on the internet rarely get paid for it, right? They're rarely the person who monetizes it. Who, who is behind? It seems like there's a, a small group of people that generates a lot of these ideas. I find it on weird Twitter, and I find it from scrolling Reddit and trying to find weird subreddits. Um, why are they doing it just for, the, just, just for the lulls? Like, we're just trying to make ourselves laugh?
1: Why are people making stuff on the internet?
0: Well, why are they making deliberately? It seems like there's a group of people that are producing memes specifically that are try, they're trying to get the thing to go.
1: Yeah, and, go and, viral?
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think it's just like fun. I mean, I don't know, it's, memes, especially today, are more participatory than ever. So people like to see a joke and then make their own riff on it. Like, it's kind of just a way of expressing yourself. Um, so, you know, people make memes and stuff for all types of reasons, but I'm thinking of like big things like the bird box memes or, you know, whatever, um, it's like the big sort of cultural moment at the time. Like you want to provide your own commentary about it. You want to make your own joke about it. And memes are just a really effective way to, to do that.
0: And so do they I mean is there an uproar when a they you know they see something that they create I mean I could see that they sued Fortnite like backpack kid came after yeah. Fortnite along with 20 other people um and rightfully so but if it's I created something on Reddit and it got picked up and turned into it got transmogrified into some other format and now it's being sold on someone's uh, e-store do they right. do they chase it down or is it just like oh well there's Sometimes. another
1: times I mean it depends it depends on the person um it's it's kind of hard, and I think the legality of all of this is all being worked out. Um, I think memes more and more um, like I guess the the formats of them are evolving. So whereas they used to be like a stock photo, and somebody could actually claim credit for that stock photo, like the guy you know looking around, uh, you know, like the dis- Distracted, a, boyfriend. distracted boyfriend I, I actually have
0: that up on my screen right now from your article <laughs>
1: yeah I mean that's an example of like clearly a photographer took that picture and like was he able to monetize you know the success of it not really um but it's kind of just a badge I guess that he can he can wear now um unfortunately a lot of the people that do eventually get paid for their creative work are people that have enough privilege to like file a lawsuit, hire a lawyer, really chase it down. Um, so like, I mean, famously the girl who um, invented the word like on fleek or she, you know, she made the vine that was like eyebrows on fleek, um, was never really credited with it, never received any money from it um, because she just was this sort of young teenager. And it's, no, you know, it's no. One appalling.
0: It. it's appalling, it's actually, it's in the, the book that I'm trying to finalize that how she, she posted that video and then within three weeks, there's a Taco Bell CMO standing at a podium using OnFleek incorrectly with right. just a totally straight face like, this is just a term that we all use and we all know it. And everybody's like, what are you, where did, what are you talking about? You, th- you just lifted that from that poor girl's video that got shared around. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, um, when I read the, the initial story, the memes are becoming harder to monetize, which obviously I'll, I'll link in the, in the show notes. I'm trying to decide if you are sympathetic to the e-commerce businesses or sim- more sympathetic to the people that create these things. And
1: Well, there's not a huge distinction. A lot of these people, like the people that work in this e-commerce space are also a lot of like big memers themselves. Um, I mean, Jason Wong, who like has this one meme store, he's kind of like famously monetized a lot of memes over the years, is also a huge like Tumblr meme kid and like created this really successful Tumblr meme network in his teenagers or sorry, in his teenage years. So, you know, it's kind of a really blurry line. And I think, I mean, memes are just becoming part of culture and it's hard. I mean, it's kind of like the argument over who owns a Twitter joke. Um, a lot of times even you know somebody will post the first joke to twitter but they've seen it even on instagram or it's a joke they heard or it's actually a comedian's joke like it's 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 really hard to kind of um like determine who was the originator of some of these trends or jokes or formats and so um you know it, it, yeah it can be hard I'm, I'm kind of sympathetic to everyone involved but you know obviously like the big brands i'm sort of less sympathetic to <laughs> yeah they're just trying to exploit stuff but um yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm not that sympathetic to urban outfitters, for example. That's no. But your creators,
1: up. like some of the creators that have tried to monetize their own memes, like I'm sympathetic to them.
0: I I am too. And it, it, how how can they, in your estimation, having these conversations? How are they reacting to the this speed? I mean, what, what? It's not like there's how a model you? for this anyway. It's just trying to oh. do other
1: stuff. I mean, like the internet. Sort of like, well, the internet always finds a way. But also, I think like people trying to make money always find a way. Like, let's well, just monetize in a different way, or try to, you know, co- create custom merch with a tagline from their page. So it kind of depends, but it's hard, definitely.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of my one of the memes I'm I'm really uh, chuckling about now is uh, the Reddit meme about not letting memes get to Instagram. Uh, that is cracking yeah. up right now.
1: Yeah. It's crazy what the impact that Instagram's had on meme culture. It's like helped a lot of stuff go mainstream, I think.
0: It's helped a lot of stuff, but it's also, I th- it's started some good conversations about well,
1: Oh yeah, it's ownership. destroyed a lot of stuff too. Yeah, I mean that
0: yeah, too. Like, yeah. Go ahead. I think
1: it's funny to have seen norms change though. Like fuck Jerry gets called out a lot for stealing jokes. Same with the fat Jew. Yeah. And they definitely did that, but they stopped doing it. Like, I mean, Pretty much like they include attribution in all of their stuff, you know, they still keep the person's name in when they screenshot a tweet. Um, I like, I do think that that, that has, that, that the norms around that have shifted a lot.
0: And it's a, it's, it takes the community to tell people, hey, that you can't do that, that's crappy. And then they stop yeah. it. But they did and recognize I think it's it. other,
1: no, but I think it's other big accounts too, like kill Salad that like really pioneered. Some of this like attribution stuff that was like, "Hey, look, follow me. I'm actually the good meme account because I include people's pictures that I, you know, screenshot from or tag them," um, and I think communities saw that and sort of it ended up changing the norm. But um, yeah, it's I'm sure it'll continue to evolve as as everyone kind of figures this all this stuff all out.
0: Yeah, and uh, I've been paying more attention to how individual creators or individual people have an allegiance to a channel or a platform until I'm trying to figure out what the tipping point is when they go, no, 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 I'm out of here. I'm not doing this anymore. And I, you know, Vine is, seems like ancient history, but that thing swallowed up a lot of, a lot of creators with it who just disappeared overnight when the service shut down. And I'm surprised so many people are still like, I'm all in on, um, Instagram or, you know, Reddit's my platform and I'm not, I don't want to, anything I do to go anywhere else. It's, it's interesting to see how people hold that loyalty.
1: Yeah, completely. I think it's like, I mean, I think the connection that people have with some of these creators, like digital creators is really deep and it can take a lot to break that bond.
0: In, in your opinion, is that the, is that loyalty to the community that's there or is it something about the platform? They understand the mechanics of it. Particularly well, like I know how Instagram works, so I'm not leaving until they shut it down or make me stop.
1: Um, I don't know. Wait, um, do you mean loyalty to the platform or loyalty to the creator on the platform?
0: I mean, is the creator loyal to the platform or oh, to oh, other? Oh, um no, 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 platform? no creator,
1: no smart creator would ever be loyal to a platform. I mean, I think Vine was like a cautionary tale. I mean, so many of the top Viners are all top YouTubers now because they left Vine, um, but like you said, a lot of other creators got left in the dust, and so. I think like pretty much any modern smart creator nowadays is like like no way like as soon as you get an audience on one place you're like get you know get on my other like don't don't just follow me here follow me here follow me here follow me everywhere else. Right. I'm like that for sure. I mean even as a journalist like I don't like having all my followers on Twitter um I, it freaks me out. I'm trying to get more followers on Instagram, trying to do other things. You know, it's, you never want to over leverage yourself on one platform.
0: We will, we will add a link to your Instagram.
1: Yeah, thanks. Hey, (laughs)
0: nobody, nobody find Taylor on Twitter. You got to find her on Instagram.
1: Yeah. I mean, follow me wherever, but just follow me (laughs) (laughs) everywhere.
0: Well, you never know what's going to happen with any of these crazy platforms. Exactly. All of a sudden they're going to be hauled up in front of Congress and the platform's just going to be defanged and, and can't, can't do anything for you anymore. Exactly. So where do you see this going? It's obviously the internet has never gotten slower. So what do you think are, the, are some of the ways that creators and these e-commerce stores, because it, this is the first time it feels for the, the e-commerce stores that you describe as a step back. The content is worse. The products are worse. They're, it's actually hurting them. You can see that yeah. they, can't, they can't get the ideas to market fast enough.
1: I know. I think, I think things will evolve. I mean, I think everything kind of like evolves and changes. And as one thing gets shut down, people migrate to another thing. I mean, obviously there's people that'll lose out along the way, but then there's people that'll make, you know, that are going to take advantage of new opportunities as new things spring up. Um, I mean, I think people are still monetizing memes, but I think it's different now. Um, I mean, more recently, I think we've seen more memes, like basically people come up with sponsored memes or like capitalize on meme trends. Like Netflix will capitalize on the fact that everyone's sharing bird box memes and try to stoke that, Um, you know, Drake in order to launch his in my feelings challenge, will pay a bunch of top memers to basically participate in the meme. Um, So things like that, where brands are sort of like working more proactively to start the memes themselves and monetize it seems to be like a trend, I guess.
0: (laughs) And in that, in that model, does, so I know there was controversy around Netflix and BirdBox, and were they? Uh, they weren't. They like, weren't. You okay, say this for sure. Have, you say that's I know definitive. this. I
1: reported on it. I reported this extensively. Like I love this. Um, no, well, people were like, "Oh, BirdBox or you know, Netflix made a bot network to make memes." Like, what? No, they absolutely did not. And actually, the person who started that rumor like retracted it very publicly on Twitter. Um, So no, but, you know, did they, did they totally capitalize on the fact that people were making these memes? Of course, like they loved that the bird box challenge was happening and, you know, yeah, they were going to talk about that on their social channels for sure, but they didn't start that meme. What they did is give it premium placement, you know, on their sort of like front page of their app when everyone was home and drive people to watch it. Which leads people to start conversation around it. But
0: yeah, that 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 top box on their app has gotta be some of the most valuable media oh my God. in the yeah, world. Yeah,
1: completely. Cool. And I couldn't I mean I couldn't go anywhere on that app for like a week. I was like on my Apple TV trying to watch everything else. And it was just like bird box, bird box, bird box. Yeah. So that promotion is worth way more than, you know, a couple memes.
0: Did you watch the movie by the way? I did not. Yeah, I did. Was it, was it good? Fine.
1: Yeah, I like. I, my bar for movies is so low
0: so <laughs> I like it <laughs> uh, okay. so let's talk about brands using memes because that's an area of interest for me and I think for our audience do you what first question does in the case of Netflix or in the case of any of the brands you mentioned just before we started talking about this is it just a standard influencer thing where they say hey we want to work with you you come up with an idea and we'll help support it or they program, you know, did Drake go and say, this is what I want to do for the, in my feelings challenge, or did he just kind of leverage something that was happening out in the world? And he he just piled on and started. Yeah,
1: no, he kind of um, started. I mean, it's, it's like a very wishy washy thing because a lot of this is so user generated. So even brands that will try to start a meme, it gets taken over by the community pretty quickly and, you know, made into something else. Um, So like, I think more people are trying to like, basically, like, direct the memes, I guess, like, you'll, you, they'll, like, they'll be like, oh, we hope people use it this way. Or, yeah, we hope people do this specific challenge this way. Um, I mean, challenge culture is a big part of TikTok, where a lot of memes are coming from now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and TikTok has a, you know, a whole ad offering that actually Carrie Flynn at Digiday um, reported on today of, um, you know, how they go out to advertisers basically saying, like, look, if you want to start a viral challenge or meme like this is how we can do it and these are the influencers that are on our platform that we can work with you um you know to promote it so yeah it's getting more orchestrated so in that sense i don't blame people for thinking that a lot of the bird box stuff was orchestrated because so often it is um just just not in the way that you think
0: well i i got embroiled in a twitter argument with around the Netflix bird box thing. We <laughs> oh
1: got me too, a million arguments. What, was, what were you
0: saying? <laughs> well, it's, isn't it frustrating you just make one stupid comment or you like something and all of a sudden you're pulled into it. I mean, you're reporting on it. So you're-, you're in this, my It's my life, you know, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, oh, just stop typing, you idiot. You're just, you're gonna get pulled into this dumb waste of time. Yeah. Um, but the conversation was, people were saying, okay, Netflix is committing fraud by sending making these memes or sh- getting these memes shared on accounts that are not transparently Netflix, but to my mind, Netflix is distributing fiction as their business model, right They do have some documentaries, yes. related, but entertainment so is it even wrong for Netflix to create more fiction around like when it's bandersnatch we're all like oh it's choose your own adventure, it's clever, mm-hmm. but technically isn't. Engaging in the meme part of a choose your own adventure that just happens off the main platform?
1: Yeah, kind of. I mean, the thing is, like, Netflix didn't make those memes.
0: Well, that's a secondary. Yeah, that's a never mind. Yeah,
1: no, totally. But I mean, yeah, like, choosing, I mean, participating in like public discourse and stuff is, is like, wait, what is your argument? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) My brain is fried. I'm
0: so tired. No, it's that's how confusing it is because it's like inception. Is, yeah. Would it be wrong for them to create it and and put it out there on you know with some other fake accounts? Like who gives a shit?
1: Oh, well, first of all they didn't do that. They couldn't know. do that. You're right. I you, I mean, uh no, it probably wouldn't be wrong. I mean, but like it would be lame, I guess. <laughs> lame. But I mean, if they created the accounts it would be pointless too because like if you create accounts they're not going to they're like the 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 ideal thing like, though if you just create a bunch of accounts that post random memes, like they're not going to actually drive any conversation. So it it would be pointless. It would be lame. And It would be a huge waste of time. Um, like what you want is to work with these influencers, um, or big meme accounts to actually seed these memes to their audience. That's what, that's, what's that's more valuable. So, um, and also that way, like they'll create it in a way that resonates with their audience. Um, because, like, if Netflix just makes a bunch of memes, like, what audience are they making the memes for? That's really important, you know? And if they don't have an audience, if they're just creating weird accounts, like, and it would just be so pointless. So, um, yeah, so you kind of have to work with somebody that has an audience and whose audience expects memes.
0: Yeah, I, the, the world of influencer uh, participation and in, in co, co-creation is, yeah. is a challenging place for brands. murky, I know, I know. <laughs> because especially the other side of the Netflix argument is why on earth would they stoop to do that when they control so much of the cultural conversation? They don't anyway? have
1: to. That's the thing. Like they don't have to. And I think that they've pro- they they've proven this time and time again, when they release some big thing, like the marketing push around it is so strong. They don't have to like get into like these weird nitty gritty things trying to like, y- you know, like, like basically they, they didn't even po- post memes on their main Instagram account. They created an Instagram account specifically for bird box and never posted a single meme on that Instagram account. Like they don't need to do that because they have this huge, powerful machine and they have distribution. Netflix's distribution is through their app. Um, so you know, they don't, they don't need to like, Nope. do a lot of this other stuff. They know that it will be part of the cultural conversation and that's what memers do. They want to talk about the big movie release, you know, or whatever.
0: And look at um, the Ted Bundy tapes, I think is what it's called. Oh my God, yeah, also.
1: I mean, they love it. Like, don't get me wrong, they love it. Like, the, like their tweets like, hey guys, like, you know, there's a lot of other people other than Ted Bundy who are hot. Like they're, they're, that's ripping on the fact that the joke has been that like everyone thinks Ted Bundy is really hot, I guess.
0: That's so and, gross.
1: So, I know it's so weird. Um, I haven't even seen the show yet, but like, but but they acknowledge that, and they're kind of like trying to distance themselves for it, but but by promoting it to their audience, like they're yeah. still promoting it. It's like when they were like, "Nobody do the bird box challenge meme. Everyone be careful. It's like, yeah. Okay. You just like brought this meme's attention to a wider audience. So.
0: Exactly. Like, but they and they the truth is they could do very little and still get a lot of the attention just because the platform is so huge. Exactly. They don't need this shit. Yeah, <laughs> they totally, don't need totally to be messing around here. So yeah. that's what I that's what's interesting, but they're unique. Then you have brands like McDonald's that are so thirsty oh for God. the love perfect. of the masses. I and know. Every time McDonald's does anything on social, everybody just just spams it and destroys it within ten minutes.
1: Yeah, it's like all of them—Wendy's, Denny's. I think their I think their strategy is a little bit tired.
0: Let's discuss. Yeah. Now you. Now you. Um. You've, well, no shade. Interest. First
1: of all, I used to do social media for brands, so I know how it is. Um, you know, I I think like they're just not really experimental, and the whole conversational Twitter presence is kind of lame in a sort of late capitalism type world that we're living in now, like. I think people just think it's kind of lame. Like their strategy, which is basically like snarky replies on Twitter, that that to me, that that era of snarky replies on Twitter, I think peaked in like 2015 and right, we're past sort it. Of declined. Um, so I think that they need to do you know, sort of look at what the next
0: iteration of, of that will be. Oh, well, you have you've got yeah. into another argument that I ended up with on, t- on Twitter. And
1: because I'm always getting in arguments. What did I say? <laughs>
0: no, yeah, I think you and I are probably in the same arguments on this one, because I, I said it's past, it's lame. However, Wendy's in particular just in the last six months changed their television strategy to have that same snarky attitude for a long time they were they were totally separate brands the the twitter persona versus their mass media persona but now their their tv ads are essentially no voiceover text on a screen that are that are making fun of their competitors and has the same tone so i wonder even though i think it's it's passe i wonder if it's driving sales or having some kind of effect Mm. at least it's different than what the other brands are doing
1: Oh, I think it's less and less different. I also think it's a very weird strategy and to have in like 2019 when like snark and divisiveness are everywhere. It's like, do you really need a brand also starting fights online? Like there's like <laughs> 10,000 Nazis that will do that for you. Like, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think it's, I mean, it's, it's, I, it's, the integration of, um, a TV campaign with a social presence, I think is, is a strong thing. I think one thing that brands have failed to recognize is that like I mean they recognize it more now but I think they used to sort of have these two separate things and they treated their social presence as the sort of throwaway. And I think now people are realizing it is the sort of the main way that consumers engage with the brand. Um so it's great to see those strategies aligned. But I think they're gonna need a new take at least by 2020.
0: Yeah, I have a feeling they're I, I hope they're already realizing that. Yeah. But who the hell knows?
1: Who knows? I don't
0: know what's going on over at Wendy's HQ. <laughs> um, I'm gonna text him. I'll text them right after this. <laughs> um, why so given that the speed of things is changing online and and you know it's never gonna slow down. I don't see a way that it would. Um, this show is all for is for people who work inside brands and agencies. How can they how can we adjust? You know, how can we adapt to the speed. So if you're and um, you're looking forward and you're going, well this strategy's not working. But <laughs> I land on the next strategy, it also uh, won't work.
1: Yeah. I hope that no one listening works for Wendy's if you do no shade again. <laughs> um <laughs> well so I mean when I worked in a strategy role um for I used to do social media strategy and um worked for a bunch of agencies on a bunch of brands. Um, The hard thing, at least for for people that work in agencies, I think, is selling stuff into a client and, um, you know, working on on sort of an accelerated timeline. So I think, um, you know, it's important to work with clients who give you, like, liberty to kind of be experimental and try things. Um, If you're in-house at a brand, I think it's also just, it's the same thing. It's like getting buy-in, I think, is the problem. That's what can take time. And you all, you know, it's like you see these brands on Twitter that are like, just so late it's like four days later and then they finally have like come out with their like Instagram egg commentary and it's like dude that was like three days ago and and so I think I think yeah I think being reactive but also not just seeming like like being smart about it you know and recognizing that you don't have to actually like rush to have a take on every single viral phenomenon um just like wait establish yourself be yourself online and like you know come in if it feels right but but don't just like hop on everything either
0: it's kind of like if you can't act quickly just don't act
1: just don't if you can't act quickly and if if it isn't a
0: natural
1: thing like if your you know persona wouldn't naturally kind of like engage there, there's no reason like just because something is blowing up you know doesn't mean that you have to get involved in it
0: yeah I, that's very very good advice and I hope uh people will take that um, yeah. Two more questions. We're rounding third here because I know you have to get off for another uh, another call. But you wrote an article today about the egg, the yeah, st- the <laughs> cursed egg. And I read somewhere, and I can't remember if it was your quote or somewhere else. But somewhere at Vayner Media, they said it, the egg could be worth like ten million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you know Kyle Bunch, yeah. Okay, so oh, uh, uh,
1: he's great. He was he gave the best quote that got cut out. So like. I just want to give his quote, which was like, he, he was like basically like saying the same thing sort of that it's not, it's worth it to engage in this if it makes sense for your brand, but you kind of had to have done a lot of leg work already. Like you can't just come in in the last moment and then like try to make, you know, try to try to like pop out and make something good. He compared it to the ending of Lost where he was like, this is something that like has built up for so long. Everyone is excited about and then, like you know, if you come in and try to write the ending, it's you're going to let people down. So, unless it's really good, um, yeah. Kyle was like, I, I wish more of his quotes got in that article because he gave a lot of really smart perspective on oh, it. Oh,
0: I'm trying to. It's <laughs> funny, I'm trying to get him on the show so we, we'll compare notes after this. Awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, honest. Oh, there, there's a quote right there. Ten million. So, do you really think that it's going to build it? that kind of yeah. big take or what? I mean, that sounds yeah.
1: Crazy. Mm-hmm. Nick at VaynerMedia said that. Um, other people, I mean, to be fair, other people said it was also in the millions. And the the number that was floated around for, you know, the need to impeach campaign was in the millions, although they never got to the point of negotiating price. Um, do I think it's worth that? I don't know. I mean, potentially, potentially not. I think it completely depends on um, the activation and and the cam- like. Who knows, like, I think actually the idea which Jerry Media came up with, which was to partner with this nonprofit called Need to Impeach, and they wanted the Instagram egg to crack, have the words Impeach Trump pop out and then Donald Trump doing the chicken dance. (laughs) (laughs) That is insane. And it is so crazy that it would have gotten a lot of press and actually probably been good. Like if, if just, if it cracks and there's like M&Ms inside, that's going to be lame. But if it's something that's like just so out of left field and actually takes like a strong, maybe like cause-oriented type of thing or or like a political stance, like I don't that's that's like pretty interesting.
0: But any <laughs> brand, like if it's any logo, if
1: it's some lame logo, logo yeah. I'm
0: gonna hate it and right. Everybody's off, gonna crap all. on it. If it's you know Ronald yeah. McDonald pops out of it or something, it's just gonna be a disaster. So Yeah.
1: But I mean, the fact that we're talking about it, and the fact that everyone is waiting to see. It, I think speaks to the fact that it probably is worth a lot. I mean, if if it is just like, which another thing Kyle said that got cut, but if it is just like an attention play, like that, just having those eyeballs on something is valuable in itself. Um, so you know, w- w- you know, somebody could squander that just the way that people squander Super Bowl ads all the time too. Um, but.
0: Yeah, but, but TBD. I know. And it's, I guess, the most amazing part of the entire story is that we've been focused on it for a week and a half, and still everybody can remember what it is. And it's not like, wait, what, what egg? What are you talking about? Right. We're all kind of But in wait. a month
1: from now, it's going to be too long. Like, it's riding, it's it's close. It's very close, you know, uh, like. The Super yeah.
0: Bowl is coming. So I have a feeling it's gonna coincide pretty neatly with the <laughs> We'll see. All right. It's gonna be like Bud Light pop out and be like, watch our ad on the Super Bowl. I used to do the Bud Light Facebook
1: page and
0: I'm um, sorry. <laughs> it was actually great. Pre <laughs> you know, pre like a
1: long up. time ago. Yeah, yeah. That was that when I used to work at an ad agency and it was our client. And it was back in the days when like you could just post one thing on Facebook. be like, it's bed Light o'clock and you would get like 15,000 shares. (laughs) It was like 2012 and I don't know.
0: You were still allowed to ask people to share things. Yeah, it was just a totally different world. It was. All right, last question then I will let you get to your other thing. Yeah. Um, What is your platform of choice?
1: Uh, Instagram.
0: Instagram all day, that's it.
1: That's my life. I mean, I think if I was to choose a platform that I couldn't live without... It's Instagram. Um, that's like where I go to like meet people. It's where I go to like find cool stuff. It's where I find most of my story ideas. Um, and I don't think I could live without it. I mean, media and journalism is very on Twitter, but like my personal life is so on Instagram and, and my story ideas are on Instagram. So, yeah, that's what, that's my one. I mean, it's problematic and Facebook is problematic. But
0: well, everything is everything has a problem to it as well. Yeah. So do you find is it more plugged into culture?
1: I mean, I think Instagram defines culture now, and it, it's so tied up in everything. Like, I mean, it's so tied up in influencer culture, but it's also just so tied up in how especially young people socialize and communicate that it's, I mean, yeah, like, I think it's the most like relevant social platform. Um, awesome.
0: Well, so. I want to beat the clock here. So thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, for thank you of. so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This is awesome. And um Thanks again for making time. We'll be, uh, I'll be following your stories and seeing what happens with this damn egg. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> All right.